I was there. We managed to get there in a whiteout. I've never seen anyone bake pizza in a whiteout. And the, the little tent they had covering the oven blew down while we were there. But they, they, didn't, they didn't stop. And you sold out that day, didn't you? They kept going all day, sold out of pizzas. So. Praise God. This morning I want to talk about uh, don't make walking with Jesus complicated. Don't make it complicated. This uh, Thursday I was with a uh, pastor's prayer group. I was back with them for the first time in months, live, and trying to do it online unsuccessfully. But uh, Pastor Bill Clark, good friend of a house, good friend of mine, in the midst of sharing some things, he said, you know, every believer is four things. Every one of us. How many of you are believers this morning? You're in Christ. All right, good. He said, every one of us is salt. We're light. We're leaven. And we're water. Let me say it again. We're salt. Salt is a preservative. Salt creates thirst. Creates a desire to drink. We're light. We shine light in the darkness. This world is dark. There's a lot of dark stuff around. But the dark cannot withstand the light. We need to understand that. Wherever we go, we bring light. We're leaven. Leaven is yeast. We're infectious. When we bring the salt and we allow the light to shine, the very presence of God within us should affect other people, the people around us, whoever we come in contact with. And we're water. We are water. You know, when we worship at home, I mean, we've been worshiping at home more than ever because you can't come together. It's nice, it's good. You know, we are individual streams of water. But when we come together and lift our voices, we don't call our singing portion Worship. I don't know if you notice that. Josh, Pastor Josh is very careful to say, now we're going to have our singing portion of our worship, or singing portion of our service, because not that it's not worship, it is, but everything we do here is worship. But when we're lifting our voices, our, our voices of praise and appreciation and gratitude and honor to God, that, and we come together in one place, those individual streams become a river. And I don't know about you, but I like being here and experiencing that flow of God, that presence, that moving presence of God that becomes a river among us when we lift him up. Amen? So I just want to encourage you to be aware of that. You're not just here singing by yourself. You are living in the river of God. And who's the river? He is the river. It's not something he does. It's him. So when you sense that flow, what are you sensing? Who are you sensing? You're sensing him. You're sensing his pleasure, his goodness, his power, his authority, his lordship. Praise God. So it's good to be back in the house with all of you. It's great to have Elizabeth back leading worship again. That was uh, amazing. Thanks to the whole worship team. Let's give them some thanks for that, okay? Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I think we forget all the, all the work and effort and planning and practice that goes behind all of that, so we need to be grateful and thankful. But Nancy and I, we've been self-isolating since last April. We started early. We actually went on a cruise in March. We were like on the last non-COVID cruise in the whole world. 
Uh, at that point, they're saying, it's not an infection. She don't have to worry. China says, you know, you're all good. Won't transfer from people to people. And we believe that, actually, about on a cruise with our grandkids. So it was a great cruise. Um, but we both unvaccinated, so we're back. And we're going to be back, and we're excited about that in the month of March. March is a dirty month in Buffalo. Who said that? You're welcome. It's dirty. It's just, you know, the snow starts to melt, and even the snow along the roads gets all black and scummy, and you see the big piles in the parking lots, and they're starting to turn all gray, and you see all the jet fuel that came down, you know, all winter long and settled in on there, and the car exhaust and the trash. You know, it's, it's, it's just a dirty month. It's not really winter, but the signs of spring are, are few and far between. You know, we live on Sheridan Drive and uh, just past transit. And all the trash from the, from the Eastern Hills Mall somehow makes it, its way to Transit Road. And right next to us, in fact, in front of our house, is a group home. And a lot of the senior citizen friends, neighbors that live there use uh, products because their bladders and other parts don't work real well. And sometimes when their trash can blows over, guess what we find, you know, lining our driveway? Uh, all kinds of things that you don't really want to pick up even with gloves and a mask. Uh, so it's it just, it's not nice, you know? So we're, we have hope though, because we know as long as the earth exists, there's gonna be springtime and harvest, winter, spring, summer, it's coming. It's coming in. You know, right along our, our pathway to our door, there's a big uh, maple tree, and at the base of that tree, there's some crocuses. And we're always looking, where's that first one? You know, and we see that little blue or purple, you know, come up. It's like, yes, life, it's back. It just feels so good. Haven't seen it yet this year, but we're hoping maybe, maybe tomorrow it's going to get warm and we'll get, see one of those poking forth. But March has some great significance in my life because next week on the 15th, the Ides of March, you know, Shakespeare wrote, beware the Ides of March, but I didn't listen. Uh, and I proposed to Nancy on the 15th, 50 years ago, next week. And, yeah, amen. I got the prize. But, and you know what she said? You know what her answer was? Uh, I got to go to work. I'll tell you later after work. She made me wait all day long. I thought, man, she's so hot for me, she's going to say, yes, yes, yes. And I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but that's another story. So fast forward with me from that year, about, about another 15 years later, it had been a cold, hard winter. You know, one of the things that's nice about Buffalo, we get all these stories, national stories about all the snow we get, but you know, we'll get two foot of snow, and then a week, week and a half later, it melts, and most of it's gone. It happens over and over. Most, we get that, that you know, freeze-thaw cycle, which destroys our driveways and roads, but at least the snow doesn't keep accumulating like it does in some places. But this particular year, it never thawed. It just kept building up and up and up and up, and it was a cold, cold, freezing winter. It never got above freezing. And 
as we hit March, the snow in our front yard began to reveal all the hard work our dog had been doing out there all winter long. <laughs> it was a big dog. And because it was so frozen all winter, you know, excuse me, but dog poop tends to, over a period of time, dry up and kind of disintegrate. Not this year. It was frozen, and as it started to melt, it was creamy and smooth and sticking to the dried-out grass. And so it wasn't a pretty sight. It was, it was, it was quite disgusting. So armed with gloves... We didn't have masks back then. Nobody except the Chinese had masks. But uh, that racial? Um, but I got my gear. It was a big dog. So I got the bucket and the shovel. And like I said, it wasn't like you could just flick them into the bucket. You had to kind of... It would stick to the shovel, and then you get the next one, and more would stick to the shovel. And, you know, it, was, it, was, it was a nasty job. It was just really stinky. And you know what? My attitude was stinky. <laughs> really, really nasty and stinky. In my conversation with God went something like this. God, you know my life is busy between work and Serving the church and elders meetings and prayer meetings and small group and delivering mail. I don't have time for this. Josh, my son Josh, wants to play catch and I don't have time. I'm out here scooping up poop. I didn't say poop. There was not a bit of gratitude in my heart or any thoughts for the incredible great blessings of God in my life. I was a blessed man. All I could do is grumble and complain. Think about the blessings. Nancy said yes. This incredible, blonde, woman, intelligent, kind, loving, sexy. I mean, she was the whole package. I got her. I got the one that everybody else was trying to get. Yeah. We both loved the Lord at this point in our lives. We had two beautiful, three beautiful sons. Had a steady government job, worked for the post office. We owned a little home in a great neighborhood with great neighbors and great kids in the neighborhood. And we had a wonderful dog. Our dog was a, a delight. But all I could do that day was complain. I stunk. So what was wrong with me? What was wrong? Was God number one? You. Let's go to Matthew 22 beginning of verse 34. If you have your Bibles, you can look there. Follow along up here on the screen. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the sec this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law 
and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything, all the demands of the law and the prophets are based on these two commandments. God must be number one in our hearts. All of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, all of our soul. That was not the case with me that morning. He was the furthest thing from my thoughts. That was the problem. Matthew 25, 31, this is from the NLT. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You know, we were just leading, we are just singing our praises and giving glory to God, expressing thanks for what he has done for us, but didn't have any of that in my heart that day. What was missing was knowing those truths found in the verses we just read. The truth is, everything we do, every act of service, even the most mundane or disgusting tasks, when they're done with the proper kingdom, perspective with the king's heart is pure worship. It's pure worship. Scooping dog poop with the right attitude is pure worship. Without it, it's scooping poop. Yeah, when Josh, I sent Pastor Josh the title of my sermon, uh, if God is number one, there is no number two. And he (laughs) texted me back He says, I got it. There is no number two. I said, yeah. It took me like a whole day to realize what he was saying. (laughs) If you scoop the poop, there's no number two. It's gone. Uh, I didn't get the pun, but that was not intentional, so I didn't get it. But if God is number one, when you're scooping poop, there is no number two. Okay. Uh, Friends, it's, it's all about our hard attitude. Loving your spouse when they're not acting lovely. Your spouse shoveling the widow next door sidewalk. Cleaning up your kid's vomit in the middle of the night. Holding your crying firstborn son for three hours, walking and bouncing and jiggling when you'd 
you know, your, your, your flesh wants to throw them out the window. <laughs> I actually had that thought. I was saved at that time, too. I said, God, I understand. I didn't want to do it, but I said, God, I understand why people that are not mentally all together would do that because it's torture. But with the right heart attitude, it's love. It's love. It's all about our heart attitude. It doesn't matter if you're preaching a message, healing the sick, or coaching Little League, leading a small group, scooping poop. It all becomes worship when we realize who it's done for. I learned a phrase, the concept, I already mentioned it. From, I learned that from uh, reading one of Bill Johnson's books. If God is truly number one, if our heart attitude is focused on him, there is no number two or number three, or number four. It all becomes worship. With the right attitude and perspective, everything we do is done for our king. Everything becomes worship, every act. You probably heard the story before of two people were working, building a cathedral somewhere in Europe. And they were talking to one guy, and they asked him, well, what do you do? He said, I'm a bricklayer. I lay bricks. They asked the other guy, he said, what do you do? He says, I'm building a place to worship God. Two different perspectives. Same job, different perspective. Well done, good and faithful servant. In John 15, 14, Jesus refers to his disciples as friends. How many want to be called a friend of God? Yeah. In John 14, 15, he tells, he tells us how to, get, how to get that honor, how to get to that place. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Right. Friends, ask yourself, do you really love him? He said you do only to the degree that you obey him, you obey his commands. When we realize that everything taking your family to lunch after service, spending your hard-earned cash on that, doing the laundry, whether it's your, your regular task or whether it's not, just doing it because it needs to be done. Teaching your grandchildren to fish or ride a bike or how to fix the flat tire on the bike or how to sweep the floor. Just... The other day, I was at one of our children's homes, and one of the kids was tasked with sweeping the kitchen floor. I wish I could, I wish I could just show it to you. Maybe I, I'll do it this service. He was sweeping, and he said, I got to sweep the floor. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Talk about bad attitude. It's like worse than I ever had. Uh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sweep the floor like this. <laughs> He's crawling around the kitchen. <laughs> you know, sometimes we make, we make the job disgusting. You know, eventually he, he did the whole floor that way. But <laughs> what could have taken 15 seconds took about five minutes. But I, I was just standing there laughing. Saying, you know. <laughs> but we do that. We do that. It's crazy. One of the things I hate to do, Nancy will testify this, I hate making phone calls. 
doesn't matter whether it's uh, set up a doctor's appointment or just whatever to talk to a friend. I just don't like talking on the phone, so I'll put it off. How about putting sheets on the bed? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, that, that's my hard attitude sometimes. It's so hard. How long does it take with Nancy's help to put a fitted sheet on the bed? 45 seconds? But it's so hard. You know, instead of having an attitude, thank you, God, we have sheets. Thank you, God, she didn't have to, or we didn't have to go down to the creek and pound it on a rock. We got a machine. You throw it in there, and you put it in the next machine, and, you know, an hour later, you got clean, fresh sheets. You know, no gratitude, just, oh, I got to make the bad down. But it can be worship. It can be. Nancy is the, is the world-class best laundry folder in the world. Some of you ladies may have been there. She did a woman's retreat, and her topic was how to fold laundry. And it set the captives free. It really did. It really did. She has this system. So you, know how, you ever have kids, they pull out one thing, and the whole drawer goes, Pff. she figured out a way to eliminate that problem. She could go on TV and sell her system. Just send me 1095, three payments of 1095. I mean, she's brilliant. Her doing that, her willingness, you know, when you get this opportunity to speak to 100 women, to be willing to humble herself and talk about laundry instead of some profound spiritual talk, set people free. It, it empowered them to simplify their lives. With the proper attitude, everything becomes worship. Listen to what Jesus said about that in John 4.34. Jesus explained to them, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me, and from finishing his work. Friends, we feed ourselves, we feed our souls, our mind, our spirit, when we do what God tells us to do. Whether it's specific, or whether it's just love your neighbor, love your enemy, love your friend. We feed our souls when we do that. Life, life, experiencing the fullness of life comes from doing the will of God. When we love our wives, when they're not being lovely, when we love our husbands, when they're being idiots, obey their parents. When you apologize to your children for disciplining them with anger. When we submit as spouses to one another. All of that, when God is number one in our heart, there is no number two. It's all worship. It's all worship. It's all about him. There's nothing else. And if we can get into that mindset, uh, Brother, Brother Andrew, uh, it's not on my notes, but he wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God. You know, thousands, you know, years and years, decades, or generations ago he wrote that. I was just reading recently, I forget who it was, who was saying he tried to develop, he's developed a discipline to try and think of God every minute, every waking minute of his life. So I'm going to think, I want to recognize you and acknowledge your presence. It's hard to do. You know, I've driven to the, you know, I've said this too many times probably, I've driven to the grocery store, worshiping God, got praise music on her, I'm just singing in my horrible voice to him, he loves it. And I'm driving to, you know, to the store, I'm thinking, oh, I got the presence of God. I'm going to look for somebody. You know. 
And, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm out in the store with a bag of whatever I went for. Totally forgot to be aware of his presence. Totally forgot. In, in the few seconds it talk, took to walk from the car to the store, I forgot that I carry his presence. I forgot that I'm salt and light and water and leaven. And walked through that store without even saying, God, is there anybody here that needs to know you, that needs a touch from you, that needs to be loved in your name? But if we can practice, God, you're number one, you're number one, you're number one, and begin to walk in that, our lives will be transformed, and it will bring us life. You're never more alive than when you're aware that you're doing the will of God, even if you're scooping poop. Years ago, when we first started coming to New Covenant, uh, a woman I'm married to, I won't mention her name, um, found pleasure. She was given, she wanted to volunteer, and they asked her to clean the, the the pastor's bathroom in the pastor's office or lounge, whatever it was. And she found herself, remember her coming home and telling me, I sensed the presence and the pleasure of God while I was on my hands and knees scrubbing that toilet. She would never tell you that, but I'll tell you. There is joy and pleasure and life and food and nourishment in doing the will of God. Galatians 3.17 says, And whatever... In word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's all in him. It's all for him. Friends, if we can just sharpen our hearts, sharpen our perspective, if we ask the Holy Spirit to change our focus, even the most difficult, disgusting task becomes pure worship, becomes an act of love and devotion to God. There is only one, Jesus said, great commandment. In every thought, in every attitude, every action, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And then we'll hear those words that we want to hear from the Master's lips, those words we long to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Welcome home. You might never go on the mission field. You might never stand on a platform and preach. But you can lead a life of pure worship and service to God right where you are, right where he's placed you, and be more alive than you ever imagined you could possibly be. He is real. He is real. So, you know, one of our values here at New Covenant is excellence. And this is what we're talking about. Excellence in how we approach life. Excellence in how we go about our day. Excellence in our thoughts, which will result in excellence in our action. So can we just take a moment right now? We just bow our heads and close our eyes and just take a moment. The worship team's coming back to the platform. Let's just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, not in a condemning way, but to, in a corrective way, which areas of your life are not being done is worship to him. With him as... And which of you relegated the positions of two or three or four or things I don't want to do at all, grumbling like I was? See, excellence is achieved not by perfection, but in knowing and recognizing that it's in him that we all live and move and exist. 
So let's just take a few moments to ask and listen. Holy Spirit, Lord, show me where my focus has been wrong. Lord, show me the things I've done with a bad attitude. Lord, show me the things I've done in prideful ways to get accolades and the praise of men. Tell me the things I've done to promote myself rather than promote you and who you are. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so good. We were singing earlier how great you are, how great the Father's love for us is. And Lord, in spite of all of our selfishness, all of our lack of focus, all of our wrong attitudes, you love us. Your grace and your mercy are always available to us. Lord, you don't bring condemnation, but you bring correction. You don't destroy us, but you discipline us and teach us. Like that child that falls off the bike and rips up his knees or rips the knees on his pants. Lord, we don't, you don't punish us, but you, you show us how to get back up and how to balance, how to receive your strength and carry on with the task. Lord, you're so good. You're so good, Lord. You're so faithful. Thank you, Lord. It's in you that we live and move and exist. Lord, search our hearts. Show us how we can live our entire life with you and for you and in you. With you as number one in everything. You're a covenant-keeping God. Thank you, Lord, for giving it all for us. Lord, help us to never forget, not even for a minute, Lord. I know that's going to take time for us to get there because we're a work in progress and you change us from glory to glory into your image and likeness. So, Lord, we invite you to continue that process as much as possible with us. Lord, accelerate that process. We recognize and we declare it. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. Let every attitude of our heart bring you praise, bring you glory. Let every attitude, every action become pure worship to you, Lord. You are number one, and there is no number two. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We've got some time. It's fairly early, intentionally. We can spend 10, 15 minutes in worship, and I'm going to do something that might not be COVID safe, but if you want to put your mask on and we have room, you can safely distance. If you want to walk around and worship, if that will help you to just walk with God, take five or ten minutes instead of just standing stuck in your pew. You've got room. Walk around. Find a place of worship. Don't clump up. But uh, feel free to spread out and do that for a while. Let's just... uh, Let's just declare again, together, let our individual streams become a river of who he is, that he indeed is our all in all, number one, and there is no other. God bless you.